is not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. What's going on? Welcome. Not Sam Wrestling. We got another little bonus episode this week. We've been dropping interviews here on bonus episodes. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed as well as our YouTube channel. This podcast is up in full on YouTube as well as here on the audio feed. YouTube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Also, go over to the link tree. Make sure that you're on the Not Sam email list because the merch drop is kicking in on Monday. You want to be the first to find out about it to get the link. It'll be in your email box if you're on the Not Sam mailing list. Uh, but today, we're starting a new series on Not Sam Wrestling called Not Sam Wrestling with Comedians. And uh, kicking it off is the hilarious Ian Lara. Ian has a great stand-up special right now on Max. You just search Ian Lara, you'll find it. Um, and he grew up a wrestling fan. He's been peaking uh, in and out here and there. And he was like, man, I want to get on your show and talk about wrestling. I said, Ian, that sounds like a great idea. If you've got other comics that you want to see do the show, tell me, tell them. Do the thing uh, and enjoy uh, this here show with the great Ian Lara. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Nothing brings me more joy than than when my worlds come together, you know? I talk to comedians all the time, but every now and then there's a comedian that goes, no, 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 no. I want to do the wrestling podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Ian Lara yeah. is here for that exact reason. Ian's just like, no, no. I want to do the wrestling podcast because that's the thing that I think pro wrestling has that a lot of, I, there's just not much that has it where it's like, when you find somebody that you could just talk to about wrestling, yeah. even if you haven't watched it yeah. in 15, 20 years, you're like, it's still whatever that thing that connected with me as a kid is still 100% there. Yeah. And I want to talk about it the same way I did in middle school right. for hours, yeah. just about my favorite guys. Yeah. I was just, I was always, I mean, once, after, you know, when you're young, you watch wrestling, you just think everything is real. You think the wrestlers hate each other. You think, <laughs> you just think that's what it is. But then as you get older, you learn more about it. I got, I became more fascinated with like how entertainment, like it's literally entertainment. Like there's so much things going on behind the scenes. It's like a live play every day. Yeah, I think that that's the disconnect that gets made a lot is that is that people try to put it in the same box as sports. Yeah. And so they go, well, how can you like that? It's predetermined. And I'm like, I don't even like sports. <laughs> like I've never, and even as a kid, yeah. like I never had that thing. Like people go like, People go like, do you remember when you found out it wasn't real? And I'm like, it, that's not, it wasn't a thing. Like I, yeah. it, I didn't consider it to be real or not real. It always just was what it was. And so, yeah. but so you're right. And I think that that's why like all these docs that are coming out now have breathed new life into it. Cause people are so fascinated by how it's all getting made and what this world really is that they get, they kind of get keyed into it again. Also, I feel like people go too deep down the not real thing because it's like, what? What? It's not real. Like, sure, they're not getting their head put through a steel cage, <laughs> right. but I'm only 32. If you like, you, I go swimming for too long and I'm super, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine getting body slammed. Yeah. Like, that's very real. Like, yeah. they go, they have a lot of, in, like, they're all injured. They all had knee replacements, Wait. back surgeries. Like, it's, that is real. Of course it is. People don't understand that, like, the ring. 
like you you pull the canvas back yeah and there's you know maybe like an inch of like foam kind yeah. of and then plywood on a steel frame like yeah that's that's, that's it that's real yeah so yeah I, so even that like even when i found out it wasn't real i, I never was like oh it's, it's not real mm. like because i'm like it's entertaining i'm like that with comedy too like you know sometimes people like to ask you like oh are the are these bits real or like did this really happen and i'm like who cares if what, it happened what difference it's, is it it's funny it's it's entertaining what does it matter that's right care. that's right yeah <laughs> it's like but i mean you know people and people have that reaction when you go to a, a movie you're like yeah. well I don't think that's how it would go in real life. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's why real life isn't a movie. That's why people don't pay to see it in real life. Yeah, John Wick is not a real person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what makes it so good. Right, right. Yeah. So what uh, what connected you to to wrestling? I think I probably got like really into it in like ninety seven, ninety eight. Mm -hmm. I was born in ninety. I was like seven years old. Um, ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, I was. My my first like guy that I really really liked I liked Stone Cold like I, he was the he was the guy and so <laughs> I always find that like how old were you probably like ninety seven right. probably like seven seven eight right so Stone Cold is like this character that's designed as like no he's the anti authority so yeah. like everybody that's got a boss. Yeah. Everybody wants to tell their boss off, so he's gonna be cool. Yeah, you're seven yeah. years old. The yeah, concept I'm already of a related boss. to rebelling. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Also, I mean, he had a lot of things. You know, like the stunner is one of the best finishers. I think, like the coolest finishers. So somebody on on the podcast recently was like, like rank what makes like what makes a good finisher. Yeah. And I was like, really, one of the things that makes a good finisher is. As a kid, can you do it to your friend? Yes. Right, because yes. you connect with it that yes. way, yes. and I feel like everybody was. Kicking yeah. their friend in the stomach and then right, dropping right. them. Yes, that's the thing. I was in I was in elementary school doing the stunner. You could just do it. Kick them in the stomach. Cool. <laughs> also, I feel like you gotta look cool doing it. You know, like yeah. like the angle slam is nice, but you don't look. You know? No, no, and you have to be really athletic too. Right, like right, you have to yeah, really, like when yeah. Kurt Angle does it, it right. looks cool. Right, right, yeah. And the person has to give, right? Like, of course, that's the thing in the stunner. You don't really have to give. No. <laughs> you, no. it's almost behooves you to give because if you don't, you're it's gonna, gonna hurt. hurt your neck. Yeah. So you gotta go down. <laughs> and the thing, if if they don't, you you're not gonna get them up. Right. Right. So Austin was your guy. Yeah, Austin was the guy. Because, you know, his whole thing was like F you to everything. Like, he would just come out and you just, like, look so cool. You know, a, a leather vest. I, didn't, I, I haven't seen a guy in a leather vest with skulls on him yeah. and, and stunning everyone, stunning the boss. It was. Uh, I mean, he was walking was, around with two knee braces and he yeah. still made it look cool. Like, yeah. oh, I got to get knee braces. The metal one, yeah. The yeah. Me I've, ne I've never seen it since him. I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah. the, the metal knee brace, yeah. Look, I, I thought you needed it for the stunner. I, I was like, he's wearing those for the kick to the stomach. It makes it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then um and then the Rock started to take off. I, I remember because I remember the early time I remember the Rock. I remember he was with Nation of Domination. Right? right. Yeah, I remember him being with that, which was like a. It was a lot of weird things back in the day. Right. It was like a nation of Islam. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. At first, they tried to like skirt around it, right? Because yeah. when they first introduced the Nation of Domination, it was Farouk, yeah. who's a black guy. Yeah. But then also Savio Vega, Puerto yeah. Rican guy, crush a white guy. So it was clearly the Nation of Islam. But they're like, no, 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 because there's a Puerto Rican guy and a white guy. Yeah. But at some point they were like, let's forget it. Yeah, like yeah, just black guys yeah. is gonna go straight Nation of Islam. Yeah. And yeah, I do wonder that sometimes because like I explain wrestling to my kids now, but like I don't have to explain 
explain race politics. Yeah, right? Right? The way like yeah. Farouk was like yelling yeah. about the white man keeping him down. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, that's really complicated for a kid. Yeah. It's so funny that it was just fine. Like it was fine. <laughs> yeah. It was like not a big deal. No, like, it was not a big deal. No. Like, it wasn't making that. And by the way, like he's like explaining racial inequality and it's like yeah he's the villain of course he, like he's yeah. the villain that's yeah. the bad guy doing that yeah and stone cold I'm, is this like white texas guy who's like hell no hell no we're like yeah austin yeah <laughs> it was so i remember um what was his name um was it pimp daddy uh, the, the godfather the godfather he had hoes like hoes would come out with him. it was just a bunch of hoes right it's right the whole train <laughs> And you're a kid. Yeah, I'm like, and he literally is getting in the ring, and he goes, "Light up a fatty, yeah, for this pimp daddy, yeah, and say pimping ain't easy." And like as an eight year old, pimping ain't easy. It was the coolest thing. Now I don't remember. I remember when the nation. I remember when the nation of domination started to break up. I remember Mm -hmm. that I was that was like ninety seven, ninety eight, and then the Rock. He where did he go after that? So, so the new nation. So the first nation of domination was, like I said, it was Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega, mm-hmm. right? And then they decided to go all the way, yeah. and it was Farouk, it was uh, Mark Henry, Mark Henry, world's strongest man. It was the Godfather. It was, and he was just kind of morphing into a pimp, yeah. right? Like yeah. he wasn't full pimp yeah. yet. Um, and it was D'Lo Brown. D'Lo. Right. Yeah. And then One the, of the, <laughs> the best entrances. So. <laughs> 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 So, uh, so yeah, so so then The Rock joins them, but as The Rock was like growing and growing and growing, they were like, "This guy's taking off." Yeah. When when does that happen? That that's what I'm interested in. Like, when do they see? Like, when do the people be like, "Hey, this guy's catching heat"? Well, I think you just start listening to the crowd, right? It's and, the crowd. And The Rock starts speaking in third person. The Rock says this. The Rock says that. Like, there's that meme that still exists today, and that's one of the. Th- I love when like wrestling from when we were kids is used in gifts. Yeah. Like people still use it where Farouk is cutting this promo about how he's the leader and the rock is right next to him just going like Oh he did like that? making fun oh, of him yeah. as he's going. So this tension is building because they see what's going on. Yeah. And eventually they just throw Farouk out. They make the rock the leader of the nation. But the rock gets so big that it's like we can't even have the nation around. This is the rocks. Yeah. But show. Couldn't, couldn't they have kept him there because cause Triple H was big and he had Generation X, right? They could, couldn't they? Couldn't he just be the leader? I mean, that was enough. They had to do that with Triple H too, right? Like they had to. And now it's such an interesting time because Austin was like, he got big on a different level. Like no wrestler, he got bigger than Hogan was, yeah. in my opinion, in Hogan's time. So they were like, oh, we have pop culture icons now. Like yeah. this isn't just like Hulkamania was on a different level. Yeah, and then it went away and it was like the top wrestler was the top wrestler but he wasn't like hosting SNL. It's like now. Right. Right. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And that that shift is but yeah, 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 yeah. So the top wrestler is just the top wrestler, not like yeah. the biggest thing in pop culture. Yeah. Austin started to change that where it was like, "Oh, no, this is bigger than yeah. anything we've got." And then The Rock came in and started to get bigger than Austin. Yeah. So then you got guys like Triple H going like, "Man, I paid my dues." Like I've been in the game this entire time, just building and building, and I've been with the Generation X, and I've been, and it's like, but how do I? Like I can't just be the top wrestler. Like I have to reach Austin and Rock levels yeah. to be the top guy. So he had to turn heel. He had to be a, a villain and leave DX so that he could get bigger. 
Yeah. I think he, he he's one of the best villains ever. Right? I think so. Yeah. I think I so. I think he's probably the best villain ever. Like, you just love to hate him. For sure. And he was that guy that, like, when The Rock needed that A-level opponent, yeah, it was Triple H because it was real, right? Like, so much in wrestling that's good is good because it's real. Like, that animosity, like, you know, The Rock had a, had a down period, but really... He debuted his first match ever was in 1996. Yeah. By 1998, he's the biggest wrestler in the world. Yeah. So it's like these guys that had been like struggling and like finally getting to the top are like, what? I mean, it's the same thing in comedy. When somebody just shows up. You don't like it, yeah. Right. And after two years, they're yeah. like, no, he's the new guy. You're like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not giving up my and that's and in wrestling, there's limited amount of spots. People look at spots, right? Right. right. And it's like so this rivalry between The Rock and Triple H, like on screen, it's like, yeah, The Rock is this electrifying good guy that's got all this charisma and Triple H is just this like ruthless bad guy that hates everybody. But realistically, Triple H is this guy that's been working for this spot all these years. Yeah. And The Rock is this guy who's just undeniably has it. Yeah. that's the other thing. See, that's the thing. Cause I'm like, is it a thing of like, like, cause is it a thing of like, all right, he gets the mic one day, right? Like, like mostly he's like a background guy, right? Yeah, I'm gonna fix your camera. Keep talking. Oh, all right. Yeah, um, mo mostly he's like a background guy, right? Like he's an Indonesian domination. Farouk is the leader. They're like, all right, this guy, you know, he's six five. He's big. He's a good wrestler, decent wrestler, whatever. Let's keep him in. But is it like a thing where like he gets the mic, he gets an opportunity to speak sometime, and you talk, you start seeing like, hey, this guy, every time he talks, he kind of yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that you get to a point where you go, oh, like like in the beginning you go, yeah, and then and then we just put The Rock in the nation, right? Because everything The Rock was doing before The Nation, it just wasn't working. Yeah. Like they had this vision for The Rock to be this like blue chip athlete, like, hey kids, I'm here, and everybody's just like, go Rocky, go, yeah. go Rocky. Rocky and it's Maravilla like, days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And culture, like the whole culture changed. Nobody yeah. wanted that good guy. So they're like, okay, we'll just make him a villain. We'll put him in the nation. Yeah. I don't know. Right, and that I really think is how these things are planned. Sometimes, let's just see if this works. So they put him in the nation, and then you just you 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 have to kind of adapt to what that response is, especially in that time. Yeah, because the WWE's like their established stars were gone. They went to WCW. Yeah, so like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, all these guys that they spent all this time building are gone. Yeah, so they don't have. Yeah these household names anymore and then all of a sudden they're like well i mean yeah do you, and now is there like backstage shit going on where like the rock is like you know he's building momentum and he's telling like you know the writer the pause that be like hey guys like i got heat like you, you know how like as a comedian you're like yeah <laughs> you no, gotta put me in this <laughs> i got heat now it's really interesting because like and that's it's that's one of those like political things like the rock and one of the writers Named Brian Gewertz, who is still with Seven Bucks today, yeah, got really close. And like Brian Gewertz was really spending a lot of time with The Rock, building these promos and building these stories and everything. But like Triple H is gonna look at this writer and go like, "Oh, oh, you're you're spending all this time with The Rock. You love yeah. The Rock, huh? Yeah, oh. yeah. Mm. But Triple H and and I love I love him as a villain. I loved him as a villain. He loved to hate him. The suck it was one of the best things. That was like the Stone Cold thing with the finger. The suck it all through grammar <laughs> school. That's what he was doing. Isn't that great? Like that's the what wrestling it. did. Like, yeah. Like you're literally a kid. What were teachers thinking 
When I mean, just, I, got, I remember getting in trouble for telling people to suck. Because <laughs> you're like... Suck it. And the spit in the water out, classic. <laughs> classic introduction. You just show up to yeah, school. Just, <laughs> that's classic what are you introduction. Doing? Yeah. Like, you're spitting in the class, you're flipping people off, Yeah. and you're being like, suck it. Yeah. And you're like, you don't even know what... You don't even know what it means. Yeah, I'm, I'm eight years old doing <laughs> yeah. this. Guy. Now the yeah. Rock, but like Triple H, he just he does not have the charisma of the Rock had. Like, right, and it's a different, it's a different yeah. charisma. It's a yeah. different. I feel like he found his thing though. Hundred percent. When he found his thing, he because he's the best at what he right. at what he became. But also like Triple H is one of those guys. Like there's a reason why today Triple H runs a company. Yeah, because company he's wrestling guy. and yeah. he's wrestling. He yeah. is wrestling, and I don't think that. He would even have any qualms about that. He's yeah. like, no, I love wrestling. I'm here because I love wrestling. Whereas The Rock, The Rock's an entertainer. Yeah. Like, The Rock is yeah. a different... And so I think that... He, he was never considered, like, a, a grade-A wrestler, Rock? No, I mean, he's great in the ring, but he does what he does well. Like, he's not one of these... But I also think that that's, like, an overrated thing, like... To, it completely doesn't matter. No, wrestling... It's like a good joke writer. It's like, no one cares. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Only the nerds care. Right, exactly. No, no he's there. like, listen to, listen to, yeah, he's a great writer. The way he writer. does the callback, no one gives a fuck. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> when was the last time you cared who wrote that joke? Yeah. Who told the joke? Yeah. Right, because I like the guy who's telling right. the joke. Yeah. And the Rock I is feel the like guy. it's that thing with Triple H and The Rock. Right, right, where if you're like a wrestling purist, like yeah. a wrestling geek, you're yeah. like, oh, I see what's going on. I see the intricacies. Yeah. But if you're just turning on the TV, you're like, no, I like The Rock. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this off air. I used to watch WCW because WCW had its run. They didn't care. They were just doing whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And and but then when the Rock started to take off, I remember my older brother. He used to control the TV, but we would put on Raw just to watch his opening, the monologue, basically. The monologue. The monologue. Because that's what it was. Yeah, it was literally just the the fireworks would go off. Welcome, we're in whatever, and he finally the rock has come <laughs> back. To and you're just like, this is so exciting. I feel like I'm in the room. Right. That right. was the thing where I was like, this is amazing. But it's also like, the rock. You have to be a guy who just doesn't care if you're the rock, because you know. The locker room will eventually want you to succeed if you're making everybody more money. Yeah. Like if you're drawing, like you just said, if you're making people change the channel from WCW and yeah. now you're making business better for everybody, then eventually, yeah, they'll come around. But at first, it's like, who do you think you are taking 20 minutes at the top of the show just to talk? Yeah. You know, who I, do you think you, right. And right. I imagine like backstage, what's the dynamic backstage? Like you get so big now, you know, you're oh. not one of the guys no more. You got your own dressing room, right? Like you, it's like, yeah. you're like the star. Well, I mean, that's uh, honestly like the most, and that's one of the things I really love that The Rock did this is that he realized when he started going to Hollywood, it was at a time, I don't think wrestling fans are like this anymore. I think wrestling fans get it a little more now. But when The Rock went to Hollywood, Wrestling fans got mad. Yeah. Because it was like, that's when that that you sold out stuff. Yeah. Like that used to be if you're not, if you're leaving wrestling for any reason, you sold out. We don't like you anymore. Yeah. So when The Rock went to Hollywood and he came back for like a run, he knew that this was there was no sort of, you know, rock tricks that he could do to make people cheer him again. So he came back and he was that guy. He was a straight up heel. Guy with his own locker room, guy who thought he was better than everybody yeah. else. And this Hollywood was after he did the Scorpion. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he came back and he was Hollywood Rock now. Yeah. And he came back and just acted like everybody was so lucky to have him there. And he just leaned into it. And yeah. that's like one of those keys. And I'm sure stand up is the same way. It's one of those keys to like, if you if the audience is in tune with something, 
Yeah. Lean all the way in yeah. and, and use it, make it make it part of the story. But in 98, wasn't he Hollywood too? Because I remember he used to have the sunglasses and the, and the shirts. The $500 shirt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, well, yeah, that was, but that was like, there was something charming about that. That was when he was trying to be a bad guy, but everybody was cheering him. Yeah. Right? That was when it was like they had no choice but to make him a good guy. Like, like, so he left the nation. He became a good guy. He wins the title in 1998 yeah. in a tournament, but he swerves everybody by aligning himself with Vince McMahon. Yeah. And he's the corporate champion. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he's the corporate rock. But that I feel like that helped Stone Cold because as the rock was taking exactly. off, he didn't lose a beat. He was still, they there was a time, they were just both at the top. And that's, and that's what people like don't take into account that while, yes, it's great if you have Stone Cold and The Rock at the same time, because imagine all that star power, how do you balance it yeah. where week to week you can maintain two stars yeah. on that level? It's hard enough to maintain that level yeah. with one guy, but we're like, okay, we got lightning in a bottle twice, twice. at the same time. Yeah. They we, did great with it, though. Yes. They did great. Yeah. That was I mean, they're the first two to end up having three WrestleMania main events, yeah. Austin and Rock, yeah. that trilogy. But they weren't even like, I feel like back then, they weren't like against each other as much as they could have made them. Exactly, yeah. Which again, because and, and also the thing that's, I think fun about wrestling is like the art of keeping them strong. Yeah. Like you can't do Austin versus Rock every night yeah. because Somebody one of them lose. is going to be better than the other. Yeah. Exactly, somebody's going to lose. So like- you have to figure out, like, okay, we need to build opponents on the bad guy side for Austin and the good guy side for The Rock yeah. so that we can keep these two separate, but we need to keep them a good guy and a bad guy because eventually they'll yeah. culminate where there's nothing left to do except yeah. this yeah. battle of the titans. Yeah. I feel like that's when, like, guys like Triple H and Undertaker, like, they played it. Like, Undertaker mm -hmm. kept people hot. Yes. He was a yes. top guy that you could always put a, and it was a good match. 100%. He kept people hot. I always was. I always found it interesting that like, cause you know, at first it was so like Undertaker and Kane were brothers. Yeah, like, that was like, yeah. <laughs> that was like the thing. And I always was like, damn, why isn't Kane? Why didn't Kane get to where Taker was as far as like big name? But when Kane was with Pac, I feel like that was just with, Kane and X Pac. Yeah, yeah. Kane, Kane, I feel like that was the, Kane's high, like highest run, biggest Be run. Yeah. Well, there was the first run. Where it's Kane versus The Undertaker. And that's like, God, because that's yeah. just pure soap opera. Yeah, yeah. Right? Pure fun. But yeah, when it's like, okay, because you always have, you also have to go like, okay, you you had this gr amazing story for Kane and The Undertaker. Yeah. But it's like, once that story's been told, once The Undertaker eventually beats Kane, which is what has to happen, yeah. now, now what do we do with Kane? Yeah, like, I feel like he was floating for a little while. Yeah. Like finding him new things. Yeah. He took his mask off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Kane is one of those guys that like, if the right person isn't performing that role, it's going to go away after the first story. Like it's like, yeah. cause there's nothing left to do, but yeah, the fact that he could make it work yeah. with X-Pac where it's like, oh, like, oh my, like, who would have thought? That was a risk. Yeah, that was like, who, right. whose idea was that? I'm like, what if we put an Xbox with him? Right, right. And then you're going like, all I want to do is see Kane say, suck it. Yeah. All, remember remember yeah, he had the yeah, voice yeah, box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he had the voice box and he went, suck it. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, this is it. Now, through all this time, is there like a head writer or a head guy that's like, behind this all of the all the things because it seemed like almost everything worked yeah yeah i mean ultimately 
the head writer is always going to be Vince McMahon. Yeah. Everything historically that has ever happened on that show has had to have his thumbs up and thumbs down. Like as far as CEOs go, I don't know of any CEO of a company that's more Involved. hands-on in yeah. the minutia to yeah. the point where it's like, yeah. what is this guy? Like, you don't need, like you're changing words here. You're like Aaron oh, yeah. Sorkin. Like, yeah. like just- I feel in, like Mark Cuban from the Dallas Mavericks is probably- Yes, <laughs> exactly. Just in wrong. everything because yeah. they love it. Like yeah. this is- Stein, like a, Steinburner from the Yankees. Right, like, that. like yeah. you're a kid yeah. who got money and now it's like, no, 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 I'm not- here because it's an investment. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what I want to be doing. Yeah. So like Vince is ultimately the head writer of all time. Yeah. But then yeah, so like in like 97, 98, a guy named Vince Russo was the head writer alongside Vince. And they worked with Jim Cornette as well during that time. And then and then during the Monday Night Wars, like the it got so crazy between WWE and WCW that first it was like the wrestlers jumping ship and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Right. And then they started poaching writers. Vince Russo, the head writer of WWE in the middle of the night calls, yeah. Hey, I'm out. I'm going to WCW. And the next night, of course he told WCW like, no, it's all me. Like it's all me, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Without Vince as yeah. his buffer, he wasn't able to duplicate the success at all that he had in WWE. But that's when, WWE turns around and goes like, okay, we need to we need to fix this so it doesn't ever happen again. Like we can't just have one writer that can just jump around. So they built a writer's room. Like, yeah. and that's to this day, they have this this system where they have a head writer, but then they also have writers that that there are lots of people that have been yeah. writers for WWE and Patrice go through. Patrice was, right? Patrice was Patrice had a real short run oh, did he? Yeah. as a writer for the WWE because and it's like when he would do O and A and tell these stories of being a writer, because he said like he went in and he and he pitched him on this story with the big boss man and everything and they loved him and he said Vince loved him. Patrice, how are you? Blah blah blah. And he said, but like, I mean within a week like Stephanie McMahon was on a plane with Patrice and Patrice already knew because I, I know Patrice O'Neill for those that aren't aware is not like notorious for being a team player <laughs> you know is that, that's probably fair and he said that uh something to the effect of like he was on the WWE jet and Stephanie was like Stephanie McMahon Vince's daughter who was the head of creative at the time was like uh Patrice, we're gonna need you to work through the weekend. And he's like, and he knew, he knew he wasn't for this world, but he goes, well, I got dates this weekend. I can't, can't work through this weekend. And she's like, well, you need to cancel the dates. And he's like, no, no, I'm not gonna cancel dates. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. And then Stephanie was like, well, I'm gonna have to fire you then. And he's like, yeah. She's like, and then he canceled the date. <laughs> he didn't go to the date. Show up to the dates anyway. But he said that she fired him three times in a row on the plane because she was like, well, then you're fired. And he was like, right. <laughs> she was like, no, you're fired. And he was like, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So like, yeah, he was in there for a cup of coffee, but like Freddie Prince Jr. was a writer for a while. Was he? With WWE. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he said that he has a story about being on a plane once and he was on the WWE plane and he was like, we want to just get his mind off everything. So, you know, obviously Freddie Prince was his dad. He's stand up. Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, stand up is in Freddie's blood. Yeah. And so he said he put on a Richard Pryor special to just kind of totally veg out. Yeah. 
And he said that Vince never understood, like, vegging out. Like, he didn't understand, like, why wouldn't you just watch wrestling? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Like, what do you... And so he said Vince, like, saw Freddie chuckling and watching his laptop. He goes, well, what are you watching? And then Freddie goes, I'm watching some stand-up. And he goes, well, why wouldn't you watch our stuff? Like, why, I mean, we do funny stuff. Why wouldn't you watch... And Freddie's like, no, I'm watching uh, Richard Pryor. And he goes, who's... Was Richard Pryor? <laughs> and it's just, Freddie's like, what? <laughs> what? He's like, I don't, I don't know. Is it funny? I don't. We he do just funny stuff. That's it. Wrestling. That's it. And he's like, we do funny stuff. Man, why wouldn't you just do our stuff? Yeah, that that was wrestling always funny, or or did they hit funny like I mean, late nineties? So like wrestling, when it really when it so like Vince took the company from his dad in the early eighties. And made it uh, uh, national and mainstream. Like he, this idea of what WWE is was kind of this vision that Vince had. There were territories, and like you know, the NWA and Jim Crockett, who were the seeds of WCW, also were were a fairly big promotion. And there was the AWA in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But like Vince was this guy who was like he didn't want to be wrestling. He wanted to be sports entertainment. He mm -hmm. wanted to be this product that like everybody could enjoy we, like we want to be you know uh, we, we want to be pop culture and so he started uh, uh building with mtv during the hulkamania era and got yeah. like wwe shown on mtv really like 1983 1984 yeah. right and then they do wrestlemania and it becomes a success but in that period of time where they really started to bank on was like kids and for whatever reason adults kind of were into it too. But when you look back, it was like they were building almost a human morning, Saturday morning cartoon show where like Hulk Hogan was He-Man and, and you had all these villains coming in. And it was that thing. It was, so it wasn't, I mean, you could watch it and be amused, but it wasn't like, oh, that's, that's funny. By yeah. funny standards, that's funny. It wasn't until, and then in the, in the, when the Hogan stuff kind of dropped off, in like 92, going into 93, all the way up to like 96, end of 96, they were kind of lost where they were still targeting little kids, but they didn't have the Hogans, they didn't have these big stars. And then it was like end of 96 going into 97, where they were like, forget it. You know, everybody's watching Jerry Springer, everybody's watching Beavis and Butthead, like, Let's be edgy. People want real life. And that's when it started to be like, oh, this is this is comedy. Is The Rock the funniest wrestler ever? I mean, I think, yeah, in terms of like funny, not by wrestling standards, but just by human standards where yeah. it's like, I'm going to put this on and it's going to be funny. You know, the stuff that The Rock and Mick Foley did together. Yeah. I mean, it, it like to me stands with like... Rocco Sacco? Yeah. <laughs> to me, it stands with like... Laurel and Hardy. Like yeah. Mick Foley, I think, is underrated as a comic performer. Like he he like tapped into something because he was like this psycho, yeah. you know, mankind with the mask on. His ear was torn off from deathmatch wrestling. Well, that wasn't from deathmatch wrestling, but he had scars on his arms from deathmatch wrestling. Like he's this hardcore yeah. dude. And then all of a sudden he became funny, but it wasn't like this over the top funny. It was this low key funny where like he would he would he would do things like like on TV, the characters. Vince was obviously Mr. McMahon. 
was like disgusted by this Mick Foley, yeah. like because it's the antithesis yeah. of him. Yeah. But still knew that he could use him. Yeah. So he would like give he gave Mick Foley mankind the hardcore championship. He goes, "This is yours," and then mankind hugs Vince and he goes, "Thank you, Dad." <laughs> Like Vince, I remember that. Vince has this look on his face, but the idea that Mick called him dad to me, but like, like, like one of the funniest things it's these little things that mankind and the rock did. Yeah. This when mankind was Mick, but, but but he wasn't mankind, right? When, he was Mick Foley, yeah, he was corporate, yeah. like Mick he, Foley had, yeah, had, yeah. had come through, right? Yeah. So he's Mick Foley now, yeah. and like. Now he worships The Rock. Yeah. He's got this like hero worship for The Rock. And they have this like odd couple tag team where The Rock doesn't want to be there. Yeah. But Mick Foley's obsessed with them, almost like a little brother, big brother thing. Yeah. And like there was one show where Mick Foley got laid out. And The Rock is like, figures out who did it, right? And he's like, I'm gonna go whip his ass. And he's and and Mick Foley's on the ground. He's like, Rock, go out there and win one for the Micker. <laughs> And The Rock looks down at Mick Foley and he goes, who the hell is the Micker? And he walks off. <laughs> it's just like those little things. That was, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a fun era. I mean, again, another hit. Like, who would think? Let's, no. pair, let's pair up Mick Foley with The Rock. And that's, and that, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, how like, and you talked about, you mentioned it just a minute ago, how you would turn on for the monologues. Yeah. They did a sketch once called This Is Your Life Rock where it was mankind, Mick Foley, and he was trying to show his appreciation for The Rock, and he did a This Is Your Life, except it kept going wrong. Yeah. Like, he brought out he brought out The Rock's, like, coach, and The Rock was like, you never wanted to play The Rock, did you? And the <laughs> coach was like, why? Why? And he like, get, get your ass on out yeah, of here. Yeah. And, like, he's like, this is your, like, school teacher, and he brought out the school teacher, and he was like, he was like, you remember all The Rock wanted was a piece <laughs> Of Poon Tang Pie. Poon Tang Pie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Poon Tang Pie. Oh my God. Now, with, with those monologues, was it freestyled or was it? That, yeah, a lot of the rock stuff was freestyled and he would go way over his allotted time. Yeah. Because he was making it up as he went. He would feel the energy of the crowd. But like that one is notorious because it went like 30 minutes on this two hour show. Yeah. And it was supposed to go 10. Now, would Vince get mad? Or yes. He, he so would... he got mad at that one. He was like, what are you guys doing? Like, we're doing a show. Yeah. We have commercials to He's like, <laughs> I don't you... know how to rock this. And he was like, you're doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the show. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> this is the show. Right. Right. Here. Right. And it all changed when, like, the next day, the 24-hour ratings breakdown came back. And it was, like, one of the highest rated segments in the history oh, of WWE. See, after that, yeah. After that, you can't tell me nothing. That was it. You can't tell And that me was nothing. the energy going forward. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, Vince, the rock's going over. And Vince would go like, yeah. I mean, that's what people want to see. That's what people want to see. I as a comedian, like, if you never or, or radio, you know how you know how hard it is to talk for 25 minutes straight. Without, and like it's not he's not doing crowd work, really. No. Like it's not no one's giving stuff back. And you're in front of eight, nine. 10, 12, 15, 20,000 yeah. people yeah. riffing. Yeah. Just riffing, riffing yeah. with another wrestler in front of 20,000 people. Yeah. yeah. Getting yeah. to this yeah. story I mean, eventually. I feel, I feel like he would do like 10 by himself. 
and then you get <laughs> and then you get the interruption, right? Yeah. And then and then that was like, I mean, he was doing like he was doing like ba- like it's pretty basic like comedy like misdirection stuff sure. and like things sure. which I mean, but in wrestling it was not like no. I feel like it wasn't used like the interrupting cutting people off and no. and then the the wrestler would look stupid. He'd be like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you remember like everywhere it was. What was your name? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. Yeah. what your name. Yeah. And you'd go to school the next yeah. day and you'd yeah. get all your friends. Like, yeah. I mean, that was like when Chris Jericho made his debut in WWE. And they had like oh, all... The Y2K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Y2J Y2 problem J, was yeah. here. And yeah. there was the Millennium Countdown. Yeah. And here comes Jericho and he interrupts The Rock and he cuts this major promo and it's this huge moment. And The Rock, like after like, you know, 10 minutes of Jericho talking, The Rock just lets him go, lets him go, lets him go. And just takes all the wind out of his sails just instantly by going like, you come out here and you, and you say this. The Rock didn't even catch your name. What was it? Well, my name doesn't matter. Yeah, and that, boom. that is like a stunner. That, <laughs> yeah. That's like a Stone Cold stunner yeah. right there. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the stunner, I feel like even when, even on his, I mean, like, I feel like Stone Cold has the charisma too. He's very charismatic. He's great. But but he was more the things he would do. Like he mm. would like I remember him driving the beer truck and spraying <laughs> the whole thing with the beer. I remember getting on the forklift when he's on the forklift and he drops it on Vince's car. Right? Yeah. The, so his Yeah, his, well, remember, Vince showed up in a like a uh, uh like a Corvette. Yeah. Like yeah. convertible he it with cement, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He filled it yes, with cement. He filled yeah. it with cement. And yeah. you were just as a kid, like you're watching TV. And like I remember, my dad used to watch with me, and I always knew it was a good segment because it would pop him. Yeah. Because he thought wrestling was dumb. Yeah. Except he would Those, laugh. Yeah. Like it was when it wasn't that the cement was filling the Corvette; it was that the windows were right. up. Oh, yeah. The, so window the windows popped. popped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I mean, th- those were those were like those were like hundred thousand dollar promos though, like because it costs money yeah. to fill up a Corvette with cement and break the windows out and do the yeah. beer. The Rock, his things was just talking. Like yeah. they were like, "This is cheap." Like he could just <laughs> yeah. he could just um uh talk. It was just that era. I just feel like, and I don't, I don't, I stop uh, watching wrestling. But I, is it, is it, does it still have that? Well, it's interesting because like it doesn't, it doesn't have the edginess, but n- nothing has the edginess, no, right? Nothing. That, that, that sort of nothing, yeah, right, <laughs> right? Not even stand up, right? Like that, that sort of shock thing yeah. is gone, and I don't even know if young audiences. Well, I, I also think that audiences are so fragmented now. Yeah. Where it's like, it's tough for there to be a singular cultural wave nowadays, just because you're so exposed to everything. Yeah. That there's just pockets for everything. For sure. Like wrestling right now is probably as hot as it's been since the Attitude Era. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. They're wow. selling out buildings everywhere they go. There's wow. two major promotions on television. Comparatively to the other things on television, the ratings are great. There's, there's, uh, independent. it's not what it was though, right? Right, because because who's watching is. TV? Nothing is right, yeah. right. How, how much was Raw getting like in, in its prime? I mean, millions, yeah. millions and millions of years. But it's not dissimilar from like you have an HBO comedy special yeah, out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's like different. Yeah, it's not the same, yeah, right? From when it was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If like though, like those numbers that they were getting now, if you had a show that had those numbers, I mean, it'd be the biggest it, show on. Yeah, you could plan you could yeah. write your own check. Like, yeah. like this is what the amount of money we want. We want all the money TV yeah. has, especially yeah. because it's like, yeah, we don't have any actors. We don't have any any. And nobody's going on strike. Yeah, nobody. We're gonna have fifty two original episodes <laughs> every single yeah. year. No best outs. Like, so they're doing good now. They're good. They're they're, they're doing good. incredibly. And incredibly Roman Reigns well. is at the top. Roman, that, that's the Rock's cousin. I, 
Yeah. The real cousin? Real cousin. Legit cousin. And they're they're playing on that. Like, that's the storyline. Like, dude, like, WrestleMania now, every year, does two nights in a stadium. They do two nights? Two stadium nights. Not arena. Football stadium nights. Yeah. They did SoFi this year. Two nights. Last year, insane. it was Dallas. Like, the Cowboys Stadium. Yeah. Two nights back to back. Plus, by the way, the night before. So which one airs? Both nights. Oh, it does? It's a weekend? <laughs> yeah. They're like, jeez. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. You get Saturday and Sunday for WrestleMania. And the main event is Sunday's last match. Yeah, but they also have a main event on Saturday. But if The Rock were fighting, he would fight Sunday night yeah. at last match. Although, last year at WrestleMania in Dallas, Stone Cold came back yeah. for a match. For a match? So, like, I mean, it was amazing. To be, I was there for it, obviously, and yeah. it was like the most amazing. You didn't know it was coming because I'm sure you got insiders. I mean, I I figured, right? You didn't? I, yeah, I try not to ask yeah. because I'm a fan, yeah, and I don't want to. I'd rather just keep that fan perspective. But like, so there were all these rumors that Stone Cold was getting himself back in shape. This was a year ago. This wrestler Kevin Owens, like in like I mean months before, like January or February, comes out and just out of nowhere is insulting Texas. And you're going, hmm. You picked up on that right away? Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, there's because he's not doing it by accident. Like, I've yeah. never seen that guy insult Texas. Were they before. in Texas? Uh, I think they were. Yeah. But he was going heavy on, like, I specifically don't like Texas. And I went, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Right? But you already knew he was getting in shape. And there were rumors of yeah. him getting in shape. So it's like you put the two together and you're yeah. like, there's something happening here. Now, Stone Cold is probably more so than any other wrestler. Maybe in history, certainly more than I can think of right now, protective of his legacy and prideful of his performance. Yeah, he he's is. not going out there. He is, yeah, like he his last match was at WrestleMania 18 against The Rock. The Rock, right? Yeah. Or 19. WrestleMania 19 against The Rock. He didn't announce it was his last match. He didn't tell anybody. It wasn't a farewell match. He was just like, "I'm gonna have one more barn burner, and I'm out." Mm -hmm. And it was, and he was out. And so the announcement gets made. Kevin Owens does a segment called the Kev Kevin Owens show, which is like, it's like the Piper's pit. It's like mm -hmm. the barbershop. It's like, you know, it's a promo segment, yeah. but he's the host of the show. The yeah. Miz does him. So he goes, uh, at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be on the Kevin Owens show live in Dallas, Texas, Stone Cold. You're like, Oh my God. So I'm sitting there in my, and that's all they announced. And, I personally, I haven't asked Stone Cold, but personally. You know him? Yeah. But personally, I think, which is like, I can't answer without this like giant yeah, smile. No, that's huge. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I'm going like, I'll bet Austin hasn't really decided what he's going to do. Like, I'll bet he's going to wait until he really, really knows. Like, I can go out there and do a promo segment, but I won't advertise that I'm going to be in a match. Yeah. Because I don't want expectations to be in this place that I can't meet. So I go, That's I'll bet that's what's going to happen. And so they go out, Kevin Owens, it's the main event of night one, right? So after a whole, and it was good WrestleMania, but to have the main event of night one of WrestleMania be a promo segment, you're like, what? I mean, that there you know. Yeah, Something's afoot, yeah, right? Yeah, Something's yeah. going to happen. Somebody's getting stunned here. <laughs> well, that's it. And there were some fans that were like, I'll bet he'll just do a stunner. And yeah. that's it. Like, we're just there for the stunner. And I was like, nah, not Austin. He's not coming. Just I, I thought if Austin's just going to do a stunner, he'll do it in the opening segment. Yeah. If he's going to do a lot more, they'll main event with it. 
Okay. And so when Kevin Owens came out in the main event, I was like, oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. And then, and I mean, there's two chairs just like these set up in the ring. The KO show. Kevin Owens is just, which, I mean, to be in that spot that Kevin Owens was in. Yeah. To be in Dallas, 100,000 people are just sitting there and you're just cutting a promo in the main event segment before Austin comes out. That's insane. 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 And then the glass. The glass breaks. And then the glass Jeez. breaks. That, that stadium like, must have exploded when that glass broke. Dude. And he never changed his song. No. And he never updated it. And he it, never nothing. should. And he a lot, never a lot of people like updated it. Like I know Triple H updated his mm-hmm. the time to play the game. The Rock updated it. He still had the if you smell, but it, Yeah, but but would it switch it up updated, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah, it was the glass shatter yeah. and then boom, 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 boom. Was that his? Was like he he came up with that song? Like he No, I'm sure he was presented it. Mm, right. Know. I'm sure somebody else was like, here's what we're thinking for you. Yeah. But it just works. Then it, then it, then it. Yeah. So then, uh, uh, so then uh, Kevin Owens goes. I didn't invite you to be on the Kevin Owens show to be on the show. I invited you to be here for a match, street fight. And it's everybody's like, oh my god! Now does he come out? What does he come out? Shorts, jean shorts, jean and, shorts, and tucked in, <laughs> tucked in Austin three sixteen. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Jean shorts, <laughs> knee braces, knee brace on, knee braces oh, yeah. on. He comes out with the knee like, braces. Yeah, short boots. Yeah, you're like, okay, here we go. And uh, and I'm going like, okay, they'll make it a street fight because that's one of the tricks of wrestling, right? When you do a street fight, you don't have to do that no, much. No, a lot of hidden with stuff. Right, yeah. right, right. You can protect yourself against stuff. But he goes like, okay, let's do it. And you're like, oh my God, this is going to happen. They throw these office chairs out of the ring and the bell rings. And like my, my personally, my favorite part of the match is the beginning. Because Austin, remember when Austin would like have the guy down in the corner and he'd just start laying yeah, the boots the, in, yeah, right? The, so he does that, except he starts going slowly, like with the count of the crowd. Yeah. And I was hooked in. I've been yeah. watching wrestling for 35 years at that point, and I'm hooked in. Where I'm going like, oh, I wonder if, like just athletically, like yeah, he's just he moving at a different yeah, pace. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, halfway through, he starts oh, laying the, the boots he's in. Been, he knows the crowd. He man. knows. He's and I'm like, oh, my Genius. God. And then they go on to have, like, this insane street fight. Like, you know what a back body drop is? A back body drop is like is like when they, <laughs> I'll demonstrate, when they go against the ropes and they flip him over the shoulder and he hits his back down, right? Yeah. Austin starts taking those on concrete. Jeez. And I'm going like this guy is going all yeah. the way with this thing. Like at one point, Austin's on the four wheeler. He's got Kevin Owens on the hood of it, driving up the <laughs> ramp, beating each other up on the stage, and then he drops the stunner. Yeah, and boom, pins him one, two, three. Austin gets the victory, and it's just the greatest thing ever. But it was so good that the next night, you know Pat McAfee. Yeah, Pat McAfee has a match. Yeah, and so. Uh, Pat McAfee is wrestling uh, Mr. McMahon's protege. His name's Austin Theory. And uh, he beats Austin Theory. And then at however old he was at the time, 78 maybe, Mr. McMahon gets pissed. He starts taking off his suit. He takes off his shirt and he's got the tank top on under it. And in 2022, Vince McMahon goes, no, now I want to fight you. Now I want to wrestle. So we have... Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon yeah. wrestling each other. Vince McMahon gets the W over Pat McAfee, which is... That's I wonder you, who wrote that. Exactly. That's <laughs> how you know who's writing this thing. And God bless Pat McAfee, because, you know, Vince is like, and then I'll go over. Yeah. Pat's like, 
All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even for Kevin Owens, when you pitch him that, he's like, why Why would I do this? I mean, it, I, well, Kevin Owens, I think Kevin Owens understood the level of that spot. Like, Kevin Owens is also a lifelong wrestling fan and just understands the business. But, like, win or lose, it's actually better that Kevin Owens lose in that scenario because nobody's leaving that stadium happy if Austin loses. They came to see Austin win. And the fact is that Kevin Owens has done huge things since then. He main evented WrestleMania again this year. Yeah. He'll never, and you could probably ask him and I'll tell you, he'll never have a bigger moment. A bigger moment. Like that's as big as it will ever get, especially with as much as Austin gave him. Like the fact that it'd be one thing if Austin didn't do anything and then beat him. But the fact that Austin gave him as much as he gave him, took the back body drop on the concrete, let Kevin Owens get in some offense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now. But, 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 so, okay. But so, so Mr. McMahon beats Pat McAfee. Guess what happens? Mr. McMahon is in the ring, standing victoriously. The Glassbergs? Uh-huh. He came back the <laughs> second night. You. Look at you. The, the glass breaks. Here comes Stone Cold. And what does he do? What does he do? Mr. McMahon's in the ring. Stun him. Stuns Mr. McMahon. Classic. Vince McMahon that takes... Was a good, that was a good, that's a good uh, writing for that. It's the that best. Yeah. He takes the worst stunner. Oh, he's 70-something. He's 78 years old. The worst stunner. He's taken a lot of bad ones. A lot of He's them. known for taking a lot of bad ones. The stunner was so bad that you see, and you'd appreciate this as a comic, because when it, when a comic really bombs, yeah. when you see another comic really eat one, beautiful yeah. thing, right? Yeah, you laugh. Stone Cold laughed? Laughing. As, as, as like Vince like just unathletically hits the ground, you see Austin just laughing. Like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Stuns Pat McAfee. Stuns Austin Theory. Stuns everyone yeah. and we have that that, that was huge that, that was i mean it's just a great moment no no one took the stunner better than the rock <laughs> no because the, the rock would get like three stories three, up yeah, in the air three and, flips back. yeah 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 <laughs> that was that was insane but i guess this i guess stone cold has to come back right because you, you you usually i heard you're not supposed to leave with a win well i mean so my full you're right theoretically right and in general terms but my philosophy on it is if you lose your retirement match, I feel like you're allowed to come back and take a couple victory laps, right? Yeah. Like Austin lost to The Rock at WrestleMania yeah. 19. That was Austin's retirement match. Yeah. So if Austin wants to come back and take a couple victory laps and he pays it forward on his way, then that's cool. I think like it just has to it has to leave the other guy in that's a better it. position, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if The Undertaker came back now and beat Roman Reigns, Nobody wins. No. Because the Undertaker's not gonna come back again. And yeah. and we just spent all this time building a new star. Yeah. And now he gets beat by the Undertaker for what reason? Yeah. Like no one wins there. And I think the Undertaker would be the first person to tell you that because he respects the business more than anybody. Yeah. But like it's also an honor to put someone over. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. But Kevin Owens, like, he still is riding a high a year yeah. and a half later. Like yeah. he hasn't come down from that Austin thing. And I don't think he ever will. Yeah, no, that's that's insane. That's yeah. that's huge. Do you think like I I think I heard Stone Cold talking about this on that on that last match of the WrestleMania, his retirement match, like him and The Rock, they, they fought twice WrestleMania. Three, three. I I think like the night before he's like they went to dinner like to talk about like the match. I believe. Well, the last one, I'm sure they did at one point, right? The last, the last match that he had with The Rock, he wouldn't have because he was like. 
he didn't even know if he was going to make it to the ring. He was in the hospital. He was so run down. Oh, yeah. And he was having, like, weird heart stuff going on. Like, he was oh, just yeah, in, in a, yeah, in a bad place. That. But you might be thinking of a clip that I just put out uh, with John Cena. And I was like, you know, because John Cena, obviously, he was the one after The Rock to kind of... yeah. Take the reins, was, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't know how willing the Rock was to give him those get, reins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that was a little tough. Yeah, but uh, but they, they really, they really didn't, didn't weren't fond of each other. No, because it's. I mean, it's the only time. So, so, so that real life kind of tension existed because John Cena said publicly in interviews that the Rock pretended to be about this business. But as soon as he got the opportunity to be in Hollywood, he was gone. He goes, yeah. I'm here. Didn't Cena He's... do the same? Cena took that back later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. right. Cena later was like, yeah, no, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wrong and about I, that. And I love Cena, too. No, I he's love... the greatest. Yeah, yeah. He's the greatest. Yeah. But the Which only... Which is fine. Look, we all say shit, right? And then, and then we're like... I, 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 Can you imagine the wrong. stuff you said as a young yeah, comic no. thinking you as had a, it all figured out? comic. I said shit last week. I'm, I'm apologizing for it. Everybody, you say some stuff. Okay. Right. Of course you do. Of course you do. And I'll, if anybody deserves forgiveness, <laughs> yeah. it's John Cena. Yeah, yeah. But pro the only time I've ever seen The Rock flubbed up is when they were building up The Rock versus John Cena. Yeah. And The oh, Rock had been like unconsciously unconscionably like hammering John Cena, calling him Fruity Pebbles, yeah. making fun of his whole act, yeah. like like doing baby talk for him. Like, I mean, really just running John Cena down. And then there was this one night where they were going to face off. And The Rock had writing on his forearm. Yeah, yeah. And you could see it. Yeah. And I asked John Cena about it when I interviewed him like a month or two ago. He came here? No, I had him in serious. Uh, I'm trying. I'll get him here. I, I trust me. I'll get him. In, I'll get him down here. But but uh, he said that that maybe 45 seconds before he went out, somebody and he wouldn't tell me who, like whispered in his ear. He got Rock's, right Rock's got his promo on his arm. Yeah. yeah. And John Cena goes out with a live microphone on live television in front of the arena and and TV. And he goes like, he goes like, well, while you're out in Hollywood, I've been here and I've been grinding and I've been talking to these people every single week and I didn't have to do it with my promo written on my arm. And blah, blah, blah. and he keeps talking and you see The Rock's face. Yeah. And it goes from like The Rock is performing to Dwayne is pissed. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, Dwayne, not, like you yeah. just, yeah. what did you just say? Yeah. And like it's the only. And I'm sure he's like, do you know who I am? <laughs> yes, Exactly. You're lucky I'm even yeah, here. Yeah, like, like the fact is, that I'm sharing. This is an honor. They're calling you fruity. Pro that's an honor. That's an honor. <laughs> that's an honor. And you're trying to humiliate yeah, me yeah, now. Yeah, that's what yeah. you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And Cena left. Like he, he like said what he had to say. Mike dropped, walked out. So the Rock was alone in the ring. And when the Rock wraps up that promo, it's the only time I've ever seen him flustered. He starts stuttering through stuff. Yeah, because he's like, damn, I got got. Like he got me and he yeah. got me back and he didn't get me like and not like wrestling got me like whew, he was pissed yeah was, what happened when he got backstage i mean i don't know if they talked i don't know if they spoke when he got backstage but i do know that they had words after the wrestlemania match and john apologized yeah but explained why he thought he had to do it yeah he said he was just taking a beating right yeah. Like he just had to do something. He said to sell the match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He said that he thought that he needed you guys gotta be here to sell this match. Yeah. 
And he thought it was like this. And he was like, I, I'm, I'm fighting for survival. Yeah. Plus, like, John's the one that's going to be on Raw on Monday after WrestleMania, not right. The Rock. Right, right. And now, he's losing, by the way. And John Cena's going to lose the match. Yeah, yeah. Now, is there a thing where, like, someone backstage, like, if he knows he's mad, he's like, hey, you guys got to speak because you can't go out there really mad to fight. Well, it depends. I mean, sometimes it's like, no, don't speak. Like, go out there. Like, when actors say, like... But if you broke that... Because prof- I feel like there's, like, a professionalism thing there that was kind of broke, right? Like, mm-hmm. where you, you you shouldn't reveal that curtain for that part. You can make fun of all the things, but not this, because this is a business thing. This is a, you know... Like, yes. You get what I'm... You know, no, you're I, right. I'm doing movies and stuff. I, I, I'm not in it like you are. I'm, I'm coming back to build you up, doing you a favor. I have this on my... I don't have to be here. I have this on my thing to help... You to help you because I have life. other things right. that I'm yeah right. So if if you, I feel like if you're willing to do that, then you got to be like, well, in this match, is he gonna you know is he gonna fuck me in this match? <laughs> right, right. Where he's like he's like no, I mean, I mean that gets into the Montreal thing, right? Yeah. That gets into the Montreal screw grab. That gets into yeah, Brett and Sean, which is probably the most heightened. I think with Rock and John, they both knew that like look. There's no way they're gonna either one of them is gonna get to the main event of WrestleMania and get in that ring and take liberties. Yeah. Right. Like it's just and who calls that match? Rock? Uh I would think that that match would probably be fairly well worked out in advance. Like the spots would probably be worked out well in advance so that like they're not calling it as they go. Like a lot of times you'll just call it as you go. Like you call it in the ring. And that's why like one guy will kind of be in charge of calling it and just like, okay, do this. Okay, do that. Okay, do this. Mm. But like when you've got The Rock coming in from Hollywood and it's like we're building to this one match, I think they probably would figure out the spots that are going to look great. Practice it a little bit. So they get together and it's like, all right, we're going to do this. I would think so. It's like a set. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, yeah, though, yeah, I, I, I would think that's how they would do it. Yeah, because I think I heard Stone Cold say when he fought The Rock the last time, I think he said uh, they were both calling it like they were calling it, or Back maybe and forth. making adjustments. You know, like yeah, this, like this will look good here. Do yeah, this. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that for sure. So you gotta like speak, like you gotta throw your voice, kind of so, like the audience doesn't see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of those like you know when Put you have them down. in like a, a, a you know a headlock mm-hmm. or like you know make it look like you're talking trash or just know like. I mean, some people are better at it than others. Like, there's all, like, YouTube compilations of people getting caught yeah, yeah, calling matches, like, those, yelling yeah. moves at yeah, each other and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, a lot of it's also, like, done in shorthand and on feel. Yeah. Like, you know, you get to a place where you know what you're going to do. So if I just go, like, like, duck it, like, that's all I have to say. And we've got the next three moves. Like, we know how we're going to get to a place where I would have to duck it. And have yeah. to go. And so, like, all I have to go is go, like, you know... Just go right next to you, duck it. And then, like, we're doing this, we're doing that, and then eventually you'll get to the duck, and you know why you're ducking it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that that's, that's also a big part of it. Yeah. that's that, it's, so, it's so interesting. Like, when people be like, oh, it's fake, they just don't understand, like, the right. things, like, all the things that you that you have to do. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing. It's like, it's like a beautiful play. Like, the people that can't admire, like, the choreographedness of it and the... Yeah, the art of it. I feel like it's like you said. The people that watch movies, that's like John Wick would never exist. You're like, <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. But like, but like, here's the thing. Like, wrestling is happening live. Yeah, right. It's like happening live in the moment. Yeah, and it's real life. Like people get injured. It has to be done. Do you remember when perfectly. Owen Hart passed? Like, were you were you watching that? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That was when. Like, I mean, 
there was just so much happening in that era where like discerning reality from fiction was, was, was more hard. blurred yeah. than same, ever. Same. I remember going to school the next day and we didn't know if it were real or fake until Raw came on that night. Right, right. And they did the tribute yeah. show. Yeah. But yeah, and that's also when you're like, you also like everything comes crashing down because all of a sudden there are real life consequences. Like in a movie, yeah, the most spectacular things can happen. But like when you're doing it in real life, like yeah, there are these consequences. And as we keep up in the ante, I mean, you know, a year before that happened to Owen, Stone Cold broke his neck. Yeah, from a pile driver. You know what I mean? Is that when they sold the Rakishi ran him over? Thing when he was gone? <laughs> no, but that, I love. When Rikishi ran him over, I did it yeah. for the rock. And you're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he no, had an injury, though, He did. Right? Yeah, that was another. But I think that that wasn't the neck injury, but that was, like, he, he broke his neck in a match, taking a pile driver from Owen. And then he, was, he stayed out for way shorter than he should have because he was getting so hot. Mm -hmm. Like, this was, like, peak Austin. And so he'd come back to do promos. He'd come back to stun like JR and Vince McMahon and stuff like that and got back into the ring as soon as possible. But he had like all these nagging injuries. So yeah, when when Rikishi or Triple H or whoever it was that ran over Stone Cold did that, yeah, he he was he had to go back in and get, to and take care of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a pretty good way of getting them to go. like Run him over with the car. Yeah, I mean, because it was like a whole thing of like, who did it? And then when he came back, it was like, who did it? That was like a, they had a storyline ready for when he came back. Yeah. Like yeah. he was trying to find who but did it, it. But it was funny because that's like the opposite of The Rock, right? Where it's like, well, let's put The Rock in the nation. Let's just see what happens. It happens to work out like incredibly well. Yeah. With Rikishi, nobody wanted Rikishi to be a bad guy. Like, nobody yeah. wanted him to be a super I mean, he's wearing, like, a thong. Yeah, right, it's, it's, it's fun. Everybody's yeah. having, like, <laughs> yeah. just dance with Too Cool, wear yeah, the thong, yeah. do the stink face. Like, yeah. I'm having a good time. So it didn't work yeah. at all. That like, was Scotty Too Hottie. Yeah. <laughs> and Grandmaster Sex A. Yeah, Grandmaster Sex A. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They was good. They, they, were, they, they, they would get a, a, a nice spot. Like, middle of the show. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's where people, people just wanted to have fun with Rikishi. So they had to kind of course correct and retcon and, it a little bit and go like, actually, it wasn't Rikishi, it was Triple, Triple H. H. You're yeah. like, yeah. okay, what? Like, yeah. like it didn't, ex it didn't, it didn't exactly pan out. And there are a lot of those storylines, especially in that era. Yeah, where uh, I think now, especially right now, with kind of the Triple H being more so in charge of creative, I think there's a little bit more long term thought put into where they're going with these stories, whereas back then. It was just like there was so much happening. Yeah. Let's just figure it out as we go. Let's do yeah. this. What if you, this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? So like you would have some stuff that was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen and other stuff where it's like, what? But luckily the good stuff outweighed the bad. Yeah. Like now we're in the middle of a three year long storyline. You think, yeah. Reigns. Yeah. Like it's literally been three years of the same story. And it's only, and you can, and it's not just me saying, like, my personal preference, yeah, I think the story's been amazing and only gets better. But if you look at every metric, like, if you look at ticket sales, if you look at pay-per-view numbers, if you look at ratings, if you look at merchandise sales, if you look at every yeah. possible metric, it's like... Who, who is Roman to The Rock? Like, who, how, how are they related? So The Rock is Roman's cousin. So, like, so the, the, the Anawai Samoan dynasty in wrestling is, like, Probably the biggest, in terms of sheer size, wrestling family. Mm -hmm. Almost every Samoan in wrestling is somehow related. And they all trace back to this Anawai'i family. Yeah. Like, 
uh, The Rock's grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia, is, because The Rock's half Samoan, half black, right? Mm -hmm. So The Rock's mother's father is High Chief Peter Maivia. He is an offshoot of the family tree of the Anawais, which were the wild Samoans. So like Afensika, the wild Samoans, I think High Chief Peter Maivia is their cousin through marriage, I think. But that it's like an offshoot of that Anawai tree. You got Afa and Sika, who are also related to Rikishi. And uh, uh, Sika is the father of Roman. So it's not like his sister's son. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it gets it gets it gets okay. complicated. Okay. Like the tree okay. has a lot of branches. Okay. Going now, now back to the Owen thing. Like that entrance was that not the same? That was Sting's entrance in WCW, right? Yeah, it was. A, it was a parody of Sting's entrance. Oh, that's what. Like that's they what... were like Owen was playing the Blue Blazer, who was this like goofy superhero who nobody took seriously. Yeah. He's like, hey, drink your milk. It was almost like he was he was doing almost what Hulk Hogan did in the eighties. But he was doing it in the 90s, so it was, like, sarcastic, yeah. right? And he's a villain. So they're going to have him come down like a superhero because he takes himself too seriously, and they were giving him Sting's entrance. Like, it was a parody of that, and it was just a catastrophic— Did, did, did Sting stop doing it after that? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think whether or not they thought it was, like, foolproof, because clearly they had done it over and over again, and there's just this one catastrophic time— but yeah, I mean, just for the fact that as a fan, yeah, you know what just happened. Like, why would you want to see? Yeah, you don't like. I wouldn't want to see Sting yeah. do that after that. I I did. Sting was one of the guys. Like when the war, like I wanted to see Sting in the WWE when the Rock and Stone Cold yeah. were at the top. I think a lot of people did, and like he finally came in, uh, five. Years ago, maybe he, he, six he was or the, seven. He was years at the ago. top, right? At WCW, he was the top. Oh, he guy. was, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Goldberg, but then I heard and po listen to podcasts, he wasn't very liked. Goldberg, yeah, no, Goldberg, unfortunately, he's not very liked. Yeah, <laughs> he was a cool character, though. I mean, he was cool, he was cool, right? And it was like, he was dangerous. And though. I like Goldberg, yeah, like, I liked him too. And if you watch his documentary, where's it on? Annie. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's on. Would it be on Max? Do they is they part of that discovery? No, oh. no. But you can get it on like Apple or whatever. Okay. But like he explains, he's like, look, a lot of wrestling fans don't like me because I don't. I never like this wasn't my dream. My dream was to be a football <laughs> to player. Football player. Yeah. I wanted to be. I never made a secret of that. Yeah. But I got injured. I couldn't do it. And I happened to resonate in this wrestling world. And this is just. The I way feel like he started out. at the top. Like he, yeah. he didn't have a rise. Like I feel no, like, he, just he just beat just everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he was like a streak of like a hundred and up. Yeah, and three it's minute matches. Yeah, he would just spear you. He would just beat everybody. And it was like, it was like, here's the thing though. Like that was the thing with WCW. Like they never, you couldn't stick the landing, right? Like you could just be like, well, it'd be cool if this happened. Like with Sting, right? Like Sting and Hollywood Hogan was maybe the best build to a story. Of the era, like it was the best. It was That's a, this Hogan, right? Hollywood yeah. Hogan, yeah. NWO Hogan and Sting. Sting didn't say a word. He didn't wrestle a match for almost a year and a half, and he left. The whole world was waiting for Sting to finally take down the NWO, and then they wrestled finally, and the match was a dud. Like the finish sucked, 
It was terrible. Why? It was so like because Sting's a good wrestler, right? He's, he's like one of the best. Yeah, yeah. No, the match, and it's like it's Hogan and Sting. Like it's not rocket, rocket science. Yeah. Just do your moves, yeah. and Sting wins. Like that's yeah. it. Like Hogan leg drop, Sting kicks out. Yeah. Stinger splash, Scorpion deathlock, Hogan taps out. Yeah. Sting's the champion. Right. Done. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's how you do it. That's it. Yeah. They signed Bret Hart, right? So Bret Hart comes over. It was after Montreal. So Bret Hart goes to WCW. And I guess they wanted to play off the Montreal controversy and decided now was the time to do it, which is terrible thinking. Like, yeah. play off the Montreal controversy later, but don't muddle the, your, the best story. Yeah. It's your best story. Like, keep it, like, streamlined. You've been building this for a year and a half. What are yeah. you doing? So Hogan and Sting, they're having this match, and it's all fine, right? And then the finish is supposed to be the referee does a fast three count and he's going to screw over Sting, but then Bret Hart comes out and stops the screw job from happening, which is already, like, I get where you're going. Like, the guy who got screwed is going to stop Sting from getting screwed. Like, that's interesting. But already, don't do it. Like, it's just, why? Yeah. Like, why? They want, Hogan was supposed to win, though? It was, well, it got worse because Hogan apparently got in the referee's ear and said, don't do a fast count. Just do a regular count. <laughs> and so, Because like, he wanted like a legit win? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... But Hogan was also... He was like 60 at this point. I, and so you watch this match. And as a kid, as a fan, you don't know all these politics are going on. Yeah. So you watch this match and the referee just does a normal three count. Hogan wins. And you're like, What? Yeah. Why would Hogan Why would win? Hogan win? And then Bret Hart comes out and he goes, I'm not going to let Sting get screwed. You're like, like, Sting didn't get screwed. <laughs> yeah. He just got beat. And then they're like, all right, we're going to restart the match. And you're like, why are we restarting the match? And then Sting beats Hogan then and holds up the title. But like, you're sitting and there. And were the fans like in the arena, are they like, what? It? Yeah. Like, could you tell that they're like confused? Uh -huh. I mean, I mean, you still had like a reaction. Yeah. Because then you had everybody from WCW come out and put Sting up on their shoulders. But everybody watching was like, yeah. See, I feel like now, back then, at least they had the freedom of like it was happening in the moment, and yeah. like now that happens, Twitter will go crazy, threads will go crazy. Like, oh, could yeah. you believe this nonsense? This <laughs> yeah. is Before the guys get back to the dressing room, right? Like it didn't work. It did not work. <laughs> it did not work at all. <laughs> yeah, work. yeah. You had to wait until you could like read message boards and like the newsletters yeah, would come build. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were into another storyline by the time the news got out that it was a bad thing. Yeah, no, no, no. You'd have to respond immediately. Yeah, and go yeah. like, how did you screw up this finish? Yeah. that badly but i mean you go back and watch it now you're like there's no excuse yeah there's no bad. excuse yeah. like wcw they were taking the risk man they they were just like i know they didn't know and that's they didn't it worked for a while it, that's what i mean but they would build and build and just not stick the landing yeah like they're like they're like well what if we just had goldberg beat everybody and you're like well then yeah that'll catch fire of course but then what i don't know and then it's like, and then you're stuck. So he was got, literally doing like three minute matches, right? Yes. <laughs> he didn't know how to wrestle. He did three moves. He didn't know how to wrestle. He was a football player. And and the, and the, and the, and I I heard that the wrestlers would get mad because he was dangerous. It was dangerous. They felt like he could get hurt. He was hurting people. Here's the thing that really turned fans, I think, on poor Goldberg. And I say poor Goldberg almost ironically because I mean, he ended Bret Hart's career. Yeah. And Bret Hart's beloved. Bret Hart never hurt anybody in the ring. That's his whole claim to fame. He's only been fame. screwed. <laughs> only been, this poor guy. He gets screwed. Yeah. He goes to WCW and he tells this story. He's got a match with Goldberg. 
He's like, look, Bill, I'm happy to work with you. We can do whatever you want. Just please don't hurt me. Yeah. He says he said that to the man. Please don't hurt me. And Bill Goldberg goes, yeah, okay, no problem. I won't hurt you. And they get in there. Because Goldberg used to like, he used to give, he's still, he, he's given himself concussions before he gets to the ring. Yeah. What was his finish? He had to lift me up. The jackhammer. The jackhammer, yeah, yeah. But he would have to psych himself up to get into Goldberg character. So he'd start smashing his head against the wall with no cameras on him. So, so he was a psychopath. He choked concussed. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing? So, so then, so, so he kicked Brett in the head in a match for real. And he gave Brett a concussion and ended his career. Because the damn kick in the head from Goldberg after everything Brett went through, after everything Brett did for wrestling, Goldberg kicked him in the head and it ended his career. And to this day, Bret Hart has not forgiven Goldberg whatsoever. Yeah. If you ask Bret Hart, what do you think of Bill Goldberg, by the way, <laughs> if you ever interview him and you go, by the way, what do you think of Bill Goldberg? Like, strap in. Because yeah. you'll be sitting there for an hour. Now, he, he came to the WWE, right, at a point. Who, Gold Goldberg? Yeah, Goldberg. Yeah. They tried him, but it didn't work. Well, I mean, he came in... I remember when Taz, not to interrupt, I remember when Taz yeah. came, yeah. I thought that was Goldberg coming. Because the, the, <laughs> the Taz was just, a, it was like the tattoo, that, and it looked the like tribal. the Goldberg, yeah, the yeah. Goldberg tattoo. And so were you like, oh, I yeah. thought it was Goldberg. Yeah, Taz was a weird one, because they built him up, as, and then he just became an announcer. Kind of, like, yeah. Like, I feel like. Yeah, well, I think the story with Taz is that, like. The Brooklyn. Yeah, he didn't want to, like, lose. And, like, Vince didn't get it. <laughs> right? Vince was like. And Taz, like he wanted the Goldberg treatment? Yeah. And Vince was like, no. <laughs> and Taz was like, I, we're at an impasse here because, like, I don't want to, like, you know, I want to, like, in ECW, I was the human suplex machine. Like, I just yeah. tore through everybody. And Vince was like, well, we're not going to do that. And Taz was like, but that's what I do. And Vince was like, no, you don't. Well, I don't know. You want to do commentary? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, Goldberg was he small, too? He was like a yeah, small guy. Yeah, he was short. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I mean, you can't be small, right? And be like, you you could be small and be like Rey Mysterio, but you can't be the top guy. Well, it's tough. Like you have to be imposing. You have to be so incredibly gifted, and your connection with the audience has to be so undeniable. Like you probably heard of Daniel Bryan, right? Yeah. Daniel Bryan's like I think five ten. Yeah. So he's I mean he's an average height for a person, but like for a wrestler he's not tall. Yeah. But like his connection with the audience is so deep, and I mean he's literally maybe the greatest wrestler that ever lived. In terms really? of just wrestling, yeah, yeah, that like he's a guy that could get past that, yeah. But you have to be so good to get past. Could that. you be like five six? Five six is tough. <laughs> that's what Ray, Ray Mysterio is. Right? Yeah, yeah, but that's his story, right? Yeah. He's the biggest little man. I mean, that's literally why, as a kid, I did I, I did HGH as a kid because yeah. I was a short kid, and I remember did like you grow. <laughs> Maybe I, I'll do some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can do it now. <laughs> you get jacked now, I always miss the boat. I'm like Bret Hart. I always, <laughs> you get screwed. Always getting screwed. <laughs> yeah, but I looked up, like, who was the shortest wrestler? And, like, a doctor was like, well, if you don't do HGH, you might get to five feet, but probably not. And then he was like, if you do, we might be able to get you to around 5'9", 5'10". To you? Yeah. Which they were right on the money, because I'm 5'9 and a half. But you weren't going to be five feet. Bro, I was the shortest kid in school. 
Yeah, but you weren't going to be five feet. They were. Like, that was just. Lo- I mean, they just. They just guessed. You think right. they were yeah. trying to? Yeah, they were trying to sell you HGA. <laughs> he was big pharma. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they're not putting on ten inches. So you telling me if a guy's going to be five ten, he took that HGH, he would have been six. No, 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 no. It has to be like there was like a, a, a like a, a thyroid thing where yeah. it's like your the growth hormone in your body is not being dispersed. Like okay. you have the capability. You can't just like, if you're not born, if your yeah. genetics don't have the capability of ever oh, being 6'5", okay, okay. you're not just going to be 6'5". So you you're just not... hit a growth spurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over like three years. Grew 10 inches. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was awesome. But yeah, but it was like, I was looking up who the shortest wrestlers were. And I was like, okay, well, I got to be around there. Yeah. Because I was still in that mindset of like, that's that's wrestling is everything. Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. do wrestle? You wanted to? Well, I mean, as a, like a little, little kid. I mean, yeah. by the time I got to any age with any kind of sense, I realized that, like, I don't have any yeah. athletic DNA. Right, right. right. So, right. you know, that's out of the cards. Yeah. Well, you could have been mankind. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the problem. Like, Mick Foley is, like, is like such a talented guy. Yeah. That like everybody who's like not gifted goes yeah, like, well, I like, could be yeah. mankind, yeah. and it's like, no, he's, he's like six four too, right? Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> he's he's, a, a, he's a big giant guy. Yeah, he's willing to put his body through anything, and he's got this incredible connection with the audience. Yeah, like he's not a slob. Yeah, and he's also like deceivingly athletic. Yeah, I mean, he would go through very long. He go through these long matches that like a big fat guy is just gonna get blown up within right. two minutes yeah. and. Not yeah. be able to do anything. Yeah. He got thrown off the hell in a cell and then climbed back up. Yeah. Like a big fat guy's not going to be able to climb up the hell in a cell to begin with. All right. I have two more questions. I don't know if you got to go. But Hit me with the two, two questions. questions. Um, first question is, is there a guy like from that era that you thought that you were like, damn, I wish he would have been able. I wish they would have been able to make him. A bigger star? A bigger star. Like from the Attitude Era? Yeah. Because I used to look at guys like, sometimes I looked at like, there was a time where I was like, What's up with Mark Henry? Like, why why can't they... Yeah, Mark Henry didn't hit his stride yeah. until way after. Like, he did have a run. Yeah. And he was the world champion. Yeah. But that was, it was like the John Cena era by right. the time. Yeah, it was later. Yeah. It, during that time, I was like... Because they, they had a thing, the strongest man, yeah. big, big... And he was legit. Yeah. yeah. The world's strongest man. He still is. Yeah. Um. No, I have weird ones. Like, for me... Like I, I always wanted Al Snow to be a bigger star. Al Snow, I, I like, I loved Al Snow because Al Snow was another one. He was like Taz. Yeah. That like in ECW, Taz was the world champion. He's the biggest star ever. Yeah. In ECW, Al Snow was the biggest star. And I was like, Al Snow is my guy. Al yeah. Snow rules. He's a hardcore guy. Yeah. yeah. I always liked the hardcore wrestling. Yeah. I still like the deathmatch wrestling. But like, yeah, Al Snow was my guy. Like I still. This is nuts. <laughs> this is what I use yeah. <laughs> to Help test me. focus. Like down here in the studio, yeah, this is okay. literally. I remember, like, for my birthday when Al Snow was hot. Yeah, I was like, uh, my mom was like, "What do you want for my for your birthday?" I was like, "A mannequin head that looks just like Al Snow's mannequin head." And my mom was like, "Where do you get mannequin heads?" Yeah, I was like, "I don't know." Al Snow found his in a dumpster. He said <laughs> so, but I want an Al Snow mannequin head. And they they didn't sell them. Yeah, now like, it's easy. He's going to Amazon. I guess. Right. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, so this is yeah. yeah. This is this. But is, you think he could have been champion? I mean, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, yeah, I think he achieved what he was meant to achieve. <laughs> yeah. <in WWE>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and God bless. I mean, he's the yeah. greatest. Yeah. My, yeah. What does everybody want? Yeah. yeah. I thought the Big Show too. I thought the big the the yeah. The, well, I mean, it's interesting. Like WWE, I feel like was. 
a much more disciplined place than WCW. Yeah. Whereas like the big show as like He's Paul Giant Paul, Paul White. White. Paul yeah. White. Like the giant. He was one like in WCW. He he had a lot of success yeah. very young. Like yeah. from the beginning. He had the yeah. world title in his first match. Yeah, he was big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as the giant. And he's like this like slim, athletic, legit, yeah. whatever, seven foot two guy that was like amazing. I think that like outside of WWE, you could be young and achieve a certain degree of success because number one, they weren't doing things the WWE way. And number two, they wouldn't stop you from letting it go to your head. Like yeah. nobody had the reins on WCW. There was nobody going like, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Like there was no Vince, right? Once you got to WWE, it was like, there has to be this certain level of discipline that I think, I think if you ask Big Show and Mark Henry both, they would tell you that they had to go through growing pains in WWE yeah. to get to where they were. I mean, both of those guys are guys that came in under big contracts when they were young. And both of those guys are guys who ended up having to go back to the like developmental system. Yeah. And, you know, have to be retaught how to do things and have to kind of really, really be humbled. Was, to was, come back was and be Big great. Show ever the champion? Yeah, he was champion, right? Big and, Show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Show was the Big Show was the champion and had one of my favorite stories where uh, he had a world title rivalry with the big boss man, where the big boss man started making fun of him because his dad died. <laughs> so so the big show's dad died of cancer, and the big boss man showed up on TV, and he had this greeting card, and he was like, I got this card because the big show's daddy died. <laughs> And I wanted to read it for the big show. And I'll never forget the rhyme. And he goes, with a lump in my throat oh my God. and tears that are soaked, I'm so sorry to hear that your daddy croaked. Oh, my God. <laughs> they used to go for it. And there was nothing. And then they did this skit. They did this with, like, vignette in a legit cemetery where there were other real funerals going on. It was the middle of the day. Where they pretended to do funerals. Yes, they pretended to do a funeral for the Big Show's dad. Right, it was like part of the show, obviously. And the Big Show was there, and he was dressed in black, and he had his sunglasses on. He was the world champion. He was crying because his dad was dead. His coffin was right there. His coffin was ready to be lowered into the ground. And then the big boss man rolls up into the uh, uh, cemetery in the middle of the funeral, in an old school police car with a big megaphone on top. Hey, Big Show, how's your daddy doing in hell? Big Show. And he's like doing all this stuff. And like the Big Show's like, no, not here. He hits the Big Show with the car. <laughs> he straps the coffin via a chain to the back of the police car bumper. And then he drives away with the coffin attached to the back of his police car. And the Big Show tries to save it by jumping on top of the coffin but because it's driving, he, has, he just falls off it and then rolls away as he watches his dad's dead body in the coffin get dragged by the big boss man's police car. Where is Patrice when you need him? And <laughs> be like, hey, God, this is dumb as shit. Let's not do this. That is insane. And then, is then the next storyline for the big boss man, by the way, was with my guy Al Snow, who by that time, Al Snow wasn't doing the head thing as much. Instead... He was walking to the ring with his dog Pepper, his Chihuahua Pepper, and uh, 
the big boss man stole the dog. He stole Pepper. And so this whole thing was about getting the dog back, right? And so uh, the big boss man goes, all right, Al, I'm going to give you your dog back. I want you to meet me up in my hotel room. And Al Snow goes up to the hotel room. And the big boss man goes, uh, all right, before I give you your dog back, I want to I wanna say I'm sorry. I want to mend fences. I want to mend fences over dinner. Why don't we have some dinner? Al Snow's like, fine, we'll have some dinner, but you give me pepper back. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you your dog back. And he's like, Let's, I got some Chinese food. Oh, my God. And he God. puts down the food, and they start eating. And he goes, oh my God. He goes so you want to see your dog again? And Al Snow's like, yeah. And he goes, well, how does he taste? What? No. And he fed Al Snow his own dog. <laughs> he didn't have to make a Chinese food. He could have made any anything, food. Any anything, food. anything, anything. But that's what the big boss that's man what did. Went for. That's what the big boss man did. It, I mean, and I loved it. I just the fur, just just outrageous, just ridiculous. Yeah, that is the two insane, most insane promos. Yeah. Um. Last thing. Uh. What is your take? Because for me, like in in school, other than like the main guys, like the main rock thing, the Hardy Boys were like the guy. I mean, they were like. They were dangerous in the sense that, like, we wanted to do those moves. Yeah. Like what Jeff Hardy used yeah, to do. That was the problem that, like, the best finishers are the ones you can do on your friends, but everybody was doing swanton bombs yeah, on their friends. Yeah, the swanton <laughs> bomb. Off the trampoline. Off, yeah, <laughs> off the top of the cage into the table. I yeah. mean, they were, like, was there anybody as, like, wild as them? I mean... Jeff was the real wild one. Jeff was insane and he's still doing swanton bombs today he is i know he he struggled he he was in he struggled with like a substance right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah for sure i mean i had like it makes sense because i mean he went through it yeah he was he like when he was doing those things it was just it was like so entertaining like those tlc matches versus edge and christian yeah and the dudleys yeah yeah, yeah i mean if you go back those are like and you wonder like if it was a a ultimately a good thing or a bad thing right because like the match itself incredible like the, yeah. the matches were unbelievable but the standard that it raised everybody to it like was insane it what was... we've got to meet now yeah it's like how do we how do we do this like that that footage of like jeff hardy hanging off the belt that was on the ceiling and then edge jumping off a ladder and spearing him in midair yeah. is like oh my god like that's not even humanly possible what was like? Was this planned? Like they was like, we're we're gonna go for it. like are they are these guys having dinner? Like listen tomorrow. Yeah, I mean they're gonna... we have to. They're like we this is and I I think it's also one of those things, like the Hardy Boys, all of them really right because the Dudley Boys are coming over from ECW and they're like we have to prove that we belong. Edge and Christian are in the same boat. They're these young guys from Canada that are like we want to be the top guys. How do we stand out? Yeah. This is going back to what we said in the beginning of our conversation about like, this is the rock. This is Austin. This yes. is Hunter. This is every, like, this is the, like, how do we on a card that, that is this star studded, how do we stand out? We got to do a match that they can never top. Like we have to be that, follow that moment. Yeah. And, but I feel like they needed the Hardy boys. And the Hardy boys are these two that like, I mean, they were like, wrestling in WWE and they were 16 years old. They were like the local enhancement guys that would just show up to TV to get beat. And now it's like, how do we break out of that stigma, right? How do we make people look at us as like, not those kids that were just there on TV to get beat, but like 
the guys, like yeah. the people that we're going to talk about for generations. And I think that's how they do it. And and they did to your question. Like they did have those conversations where it's like, let's get together yeah, and let's figure out some ideas for what we're going to do. Cause we have to like legit make history yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Right. You know? And Edge went on to be champion, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he's, and, and yeah, Edge is amazing. Cause I mean, the Hardy Boys, it's so funny because they're like, they're in AEW now. Mm -hmm. Still doing the same thing. Still have the same music. How old are they? They're, I mean, they're... they're 40 in mid-40s? No, or... Late 40s? Late 40s? Yeah. And they're still the high-flying... Jeff is still... It's funny. Everybody talks about Jeff Swanton Bombs. And they yeah. said like when he was a kid and he would hit it, it would feel like a feather was hitting you because he knew how to take all the impact. Yeah. But now it's like a, it's just a sack of bricks hitting you because he's not taking any of the impact anymore. He's dropping it all on you. Yeah. But like... uh uh there's like a meme now because you know they still yeah they still do this dance yeah so like like they they're like they're like showing like what happens when your brother's trying to save you because there have been multiple instances where like matt hardy's getting jumped by like three guys and like jeff hardy comes out to save him but his music hits so right before he jumps in the ring he's doing the dance and you're like dude your brother's in there getting <laughs> yeah, his ass kicked don't do the jeff hardy dance right now yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean edge was able to bounce off of that and like go beyond sort of the super high risk stuff and show what he could do as a full on character. Like it's probably either Edge or Randy Orton that are the ultimate villain to John Cena's hero. You know, yeah. like, you know, Hogan had Piper, like you said, Rock had Triple H. Like Cena, it's either Randy Orton or Edge. I might argue that it's Edge. Um, and just, yeah, show this whole new dimension that didn't involve necessarily falling off ladders for yeah, every single thing. Jumping that off. Yeah. The cage. I think when he did off the, the swanton bomb onto the announcer's table <laughs> from the cage. Wow. Boom. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. They put it out there though. Man. It's a good era. Man, I love this. I love this conversation. Yeah, no, I'm talking wrestling. No, wrestling is interesting as hell. We didn't even touch on Brock Lesnar and his run. Oh, like, oh, well, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, then. yeah. Who? Just real quick, who yeah, was yeah, his uh, guy? Because he, w I thought he went against Cena. Brock. Uh, yeah, I know he did Stone Cold. Or, or that's why Stone Cold left. That's why Stone Cold left yeah. because he didn't want to lose, lose that Raw. Right. You're right. Just on TV, yeah. he wanted it to be a bigger thing. Um, I mean, so like Brock's got a couple. So like, interestingly. Brock's first run, like Brock's has one of the most interesting careers ever because he comes in as a kid, like just as a hot prospect. And he has the Goldberg run, mm -hmm. except Wonderful. he's like so good yeah. and believable. Yeah. He's way better than Goldberg. So <laughs> all due respect to Go Goldberg. Goldberg wasn't believable when he was doing it? Well, he was, but it's like, like if you see Brock Lesnar in an alley and you see Goldberg in an alley... Like, you're getting your ass kicked, for sure. Yeah. But I'd rather take the Goldberg beating than the Brock Lesnar sure. beating. Like, yeah. I think Brock Lesnar might eat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. he's just a savage. Yeah. He's built totally differently. Yeah. So, like, and he was like that from day one. Like, so Brock has this amazing run as a younger superstar, and he beats The Rock at SummerSlam in 2002 to win his first world title. And it's like kind of a shock because it's like, oh my God, like beating The Rock is yeah. huge. But the, the Rock was leaving then. Right? Yeah, The Rock was leaving. And that's that's back to your point of like, yeah, I'm going to go back to Hollywood. Let me give Brock Lesnar the ultimate, mm -hmm. you know, gift of putting yeah. him over, right? So like 
him and The Rock was amazing there. He had an amazing match with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, and then he ended up fighting Bill Goldberg in his last match. But Goldberg and Brock Lesnar were both leaving WWE after the match, so nobody cared and the match sucked. Um, but it really wasn't until this comeback that Brock really became Brock. Like he really realized his potential because he left. He tried to be a, a football player. You know, he wa he's never played football. He didn't play college football. Oh, I thought that's how they sold him as. No, like, he was he an played for the Vikings, right? Right, but he was an NCAA wrestler. Went right to WWE, and then yeah, he was a, he made it to be a walk on for the Vikings without ever playing college football. Like that's what a freak athlete this guy is. Wow. And then he ended up going to the UFC, winning the heavyweight title in the UFC again. Like that's not a thing that gets done. Yeah. Like CM Punk tried to go to the UFC. He immediately lost, and he's out of the UFC, right? Like, you can't just go to the UFC. Yeah. So then he comes back to WWE, and it's it's okay. Fights John Cena, you know, loses, beats him, whatever. But he beats the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Right. He, like, 30 matches in a row at WrestleMania, the Undertaker's won. And then Brock Lesnar beats him, and nobody saw it coming. Nobody. It's probably the most shocking defeat maybe ever. Nobody saw it coming. And then a few months after that, he has a match with John Cena. And you go, oh, right. As a pessimistic fan, you go, oh, did they just have Brock Lesnar beat the streak? So that way it's a bigger deal when John Cena beats Brock Lesnar just because they really want to elevate John Cena. And then he goes to SummerSlam and just kicks the shit out of John Cena. Just like suplex, 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 yeah. suplex, yeah. pin and beat him. And you're like, what? Yeah. He just destroyed John Cena. It was an era where nobody was destroying John Cena. And and that kind of built this... Cena was leaving. No. No, he wasn't leaving yet? No, oh. he wasn't leaving. He was just... It was his time to do that. Yeah. But ultimately, based on how Brock has evolved, I think Brock's ultimate rival is Roman. Roman. Is Roman. Because, I mean, and it's... it's He's fought both versions of Roman. Like, I think that people who don't really understand, like, all the hype around Roman now, it's because they saw him when like a few years ago yeah. when it was like they were trying to make him into something, but he wasn't, anybody watching could be like, that's that's not the guy. Yeah, what was it? He just didn't, he wasn't ready. He didn't have the charisma. He wasn't being himself. Like yeah. he was, He they were writing bad stuff for him to do and he didn't know how to tweak it because he was still kind of new. Like it just wasn't, the pieces weren't coming together and the yeah. fans weren't buying it. Yeah. And then this version of Roman comes in and it's a different, yeah. It's a different deal. He's like, to me, this version of Jordan, I mean, this version of Roman reminds me of like Jordan in The Last Dance where he's explaining like, yeah, I was a dick, but I was also, the whole NBA revolved around me. I'm yeah. Jordan. Like Roman is now like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. I'm Roman. Yeah. Every, you interviewed him? I have interviewed him. Yeah. 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 He's, he, at, the, he's I, at the top. I mean, the, the top. Yeah. 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 And, and, and yeah, I think that like, Brock had a series of matches with Roman before he was Roman now, which, I mean, were what they were. They were good. But Brock and Roman in this incarnation is like, yeah. it's a different how, how, how big is Roman? Roman's as big as it, is it, Roman is as big as it gets for, I mean, height, height. Oh, height wise. He's not, I mean, he's probably like six. Two, oh, okay. six, three, something yeah. like that. He's not. I gotta go to a live wrestling thing. Man. We should I go. Mean, yeah, I've never been, man. I, I gotta go. I yeah, gotta check that shit out. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I brought Bob Kelly. Did you? And his yeah. kid recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bobby told me. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. was like, oh, yeah. like I think I'm gonna bring 
Bobby in too to have a wrestling conversation like this with yeah. him. I think you know. Yeah, Bobby told me he did. He told me he went with Max. Yeah, him and him and his son, and yeah. it was like, oh, like you appreciate it, but then when you see it live, you're like, oh, especially now yeah. that they're like selling yeah. out arenas again, yeah. and like everything's working, man. It's like the good guys are getting cheered, the bad guys are getting booed. Just how it's supposed There's to. There's characters like yeah. I can tell you. Oh, this guy is that. Yeah, that guy is yeah. that. Like, yeah. there's good guys. There's yeah. bad guys. There, yeah. There's rivalries. There's. That's it's sick. like. And when you at the when you're at a at a wrestling match, everyone's like, Sam. There's yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, that's yeah. Bo- Bobby was getting upset about it. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. <laughs> Bobby was getting very annoyed about <laughs> you're it. You're like Rock at the Nick game when they see you courtside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the Spike Lee of WWE. You know the next to get it, to get be part of uh, like a thing. Not like physically. No, but I feel like you could build a storyline behind you. I had a, like, there was a, a a minute where, like, I insulted one of the performers on a WWE pre-show. Okay. And they had the performer, like, in a promo, like, kind of clap back against me. Yeah. And, I mean, that's haunted me for a long time because it was a female star, Bianca Belair, and yeah. she's got, like... Stands. Oh, the stands are the and worst. And I didn't know. The stands are the I worst. didn't know about the stands. Oh, Nobody man. told me. Don't mess with the stands. I didn't. I did. You'll, you'll have nope. to delete your social media. I, I mean, it's been years. They're yeah. still like, yeah. we were, like every now and then, like years. Yeah. I just get one that goes, we remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. All right, let me pitch a promo. And then, right. <laughs> this is the promo. All right. All right. If anyone's listening from right. the WWE, this is what we'll do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for for Roman and Brock, right? Ooh, we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Brock here. We're gonna bring Brock to the basement. I love and it. Film a podcast, right. right? But in the podcast, right? He's gonna be bad mouthing Roman Reigns, right? And you're gonna be agreeing. You're gonna be on board. Okay. Like, yeah, I interviewed him once. He wasn't a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. He hasn't come back. No, he's not yeah. in the basement yeah, like you are. Not, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, real yeah. wrestling. This guy's a family legacy. This whole thing, mm-hmm. big sell, big mm-hmm. sell. Then we're gonna bring you to a thing. We're gonna have you side on the side, right? And yeah. Roman's gonna come out on the opening thing, and they're gonna play a clip from this. And he's gonna be like, "You think I don't see the stuff?" And then there's gonna put you're gonna be sitting there, mm-hmm. and then he's gonna come come to you. He's mm-hmm. gonna call you out. You're gonna pretend you're tough. He's gonna do his finisher on you, <laughs> and that'll be the thing. That's I mean, not bad. I understand how much I would love that. <laughs> Listen, and, that's not bad, and it'll lead to eventually. Brock versus Roman, right. but I, but I would, and then I, you'll be on Brock's side. What I love about that, you'll is be like his coach. I do, I love that, but except I also love that Brock doesn't come out to save me because he doesn't care that much. Yeah, no, you know he's, not, right. <laughs> he's like, do whatever you want. Like Sam's not my family. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't care about that. Look to the creative over there, Triple H, Stephanie. You guys could have it I'll because give it's real. Because yeah. it's real. It yeah. happened on a podcast yeah. and it started in the basement and yep, right spills out into the arena. That's what you need. Yep, I would love it. There you go. Oh my god, you're gonna be like the wrestling Rogan. That's how they're gonna sell it. Like this is like the Rogan of wrestling they're gonna show you plaque all this stuff and the, and they're gonna play clips it's, it, i think it's genius i think it's genius too yeah. they're not utilizing this yeah I, look i'm i'm i know there's a writer strike right now but when we come back if they if they need me I'm oh yeah gonna... that's true you can't use that idea because it's sag after <laughs> yeah, my yeah, services that's a wga uh that's a wga idea you can't use it yet you will be able to <laughs> well uh i man i appreciate you coming out and having the conversation uh, if you uh, don't know about uh, Ian or you've never seen him do stand-up or whatever, you can, uh, on Max, uh, Ian's uh, uh, special is out there. What's the name of the special again? Yeah, it's streaming on Max. It's called Romantic Comedy. But uh, if you don't have Max, all of my stuff is up on uh, YouTube. You can watch Perfect. my Comedy Central Half Hour, all of my Tonight Show sets, all of my Comedy Central sets. My stuff is up there. Awesome, man. We'll yeah. do this again. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It was fun.